It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Murder call! Fuck Yeah! Rebels without a pause button. Drugs, guns, and chins. All that in whores. <laughs> Cody, punch Tony Stone. Chin shot. Fuck, his chin is hard. Yeah. That's why his last name is Stone. Yeah. He's got a fucking stone rock chin. Of the gods. Yeah, fuck yeah. <sighs> fuck yeah, Robert Zadar. Robert Zadar with a just hulking presence. What a Ch- bad Chin of justice. Fuck yeah. Fuck, I love that dude. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, but goddamn, that man was awesome. We salute you. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to episode 44 of the Super Media Brothers Podcast. I am Midnight Agent Raw. And I'm an O'Connor. Cult Cinema Showdown 9. This is our ninth installment. And we have a treat for you guys. Oh, do we ever. Fuck yeah. All right. So this this is actually going to go all the way back to 1988 and 1989, respectively. So if you have been on the Super Media Bros train for a while, you'll recall... Our bonus episode, uh, Pretty Fly for a Samurai, and episode 20, uh, Samurai Cop 2, when we talked about uh, two films, uh, the first of which was brought to us by director Amir Shravan. And even then, we didn't know just how deep that rabbit hole of fuckery went. Because thanks to Greg Hatanaka from Cinema Epoch, Along with uncovering the fucking 35mm print of Samurai Cop, he also unearthed a few other of Amir Shavon films. Two of them are going to be on this episode. Young Rebels and Killing American Style. Holy fucking shit. See, if you thought Samurai Cop was interesting, get a load of these two. Yeah, and that's... Oh God, dude. And I use that term loosely. Yeah, especially considering that Samurai Cop is the golden child of the uh, five or six American releases that Amir had done. So, Amir was an Iranian... Or he was an Iranian director, and he was... Uh, he had you know, quite a few films overseas before he came to L.A. to make Hollywood films. Mm-hmm. One of which being Samurai Cop. 
Uh, he had another film called Gypsy, and of course, uh, Killing America's Style and Young Rebels. But, God, dude. I guess we should just get into it, because um, both, I say both of these movies, I think the one constant between these two movies and Samurai Cop, and I haven't got to see Gypsy yet, but the one constant and we'll get into it with both of these, but definitely with Young Rebels, you, you start watching, and immediately it's like that real synthy music mm-hmm. with the title card opening up, just black and white, like black background with white lettering, the credits right at the beginning, just like Samurai Cop was. So you already got it, you already feel like, oh shit, we've been here before, we know what the fuck's about to happen, we're prepared for it. And... Here we go with Young Rebels. The same fucking boat dock. The same fucking everything, because that was pretty much the majority of this film, was us going, hey, that's from Samurai Cop. Hey, that's the same place from this movie. Yeah. I mean, and this movie came out two years before it, but still, like we've mentioned before, he used a lot of the same... If Like, if anybody out there listened to our interview with Samurai Cop star uh, Matthew Caritas... Uh, he said that Amir used a lot of the same locations for some of this shit, especially the uh, was it Carlos and Charlie's restaurant. Mm-hmm. God, dude, but yeah, it opens up in the same fucking boat dock. And we get introduced, like, no exposition really given. Uh, it's, it's a drug deal, obviously. Yep. Robert Zadar is there to, his name is Joey in this movie. <laughs> because, you know, every good, not, like, not Italian person needs to be named Joey and they're you know part of some kind of cartel or mafia Joey just just Joey guy the villain his name is Joey could have been named Joey yeah <laughs> he should have been the Bond villain in uh, Moonraker oh shit. Jaws <laughs> we say this lovingly yeah we god do. damn it but fuck dude same boat dog voice and the voice dubbing holy fuck it's so apparent in this shot because there's a ton of people around it's a drug deal that's about to go awry um nobody sounds like they're supposed to because it all has the recording from the office or the booth like dubbed over the actual scene so it's like you hear the echoey noise from the vocals being played out in like completely open space so it's like you're thrown off like this like very Chinese like bad translation like as feel to it yeah and you can even see the actor like you you were just pointing out the actor's voices move or the voices their their lips move but none of the audio syncs up and once again I'm almost sure that's Amir doing the voiceover mm-hmm. because obviously these were very micro budgeted films and shot on 35 and 16 millimeter so it's like eh. I think my favorite part, I mean, I know we're going, like, way ahead into the film, but there was one part where um, the brother that flew, I can't remember his name. um, Charlie. Charlie. He was chasing after Sadar whenever he was stealing a van from this lady trying to plant some, like, (laughs) stuff. (laughs) And she was screaming at him, like, literally like a normal person would. But not only was the vocals like completely like dulled down to like her excitement level, but whenever Charlie caught up to her, whenever he took off in the van, it was like she sat there like just shaking her head, not moving her mouth, and she was saying something. And like, she almost was, looked happy at the same time. Yeah, too. she was just kind of like nodding her head and just like, well, you know, somebody's gonna pay for this, and she was just like, mm, yeah. 
It's like that, like those old, like, you know, PSAs. Oh, those darn kids with the fuck, you know, the little fucking They're smile. They're doing the their drug deals and stealing <laughs> Grand Theft Auto style. <laughs> yes. Typical day. Yeah. And we'll get back to that scene in particular. But basically, in a nutshell, um, Tony is the son of the head of a cartel. Uh, he fucks up a drug deal. Loses uh, the money and the fucking drugs. Gets back to his father, who... Dude, this is the best phone call I have ever fucking seen in any movie. It's just the best. The dude just sitting there. <laughs> just going off at the... You motherfucker, just... No pause. No... Because um, you can't hear anything from the other end of the line. So you just get his end of the conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's just the most expletive laden shit ever. And... <laughs> Fuck you! Yeah, fuck you! <laughs> Sons of bitches. Dude, and that's another thing. The son of a bitches thing comes back. And I want to say he's the only one, or one of these people are the he's, only ones. He's the heavy like user of that title. Like There's like a couple thrown in from the other characters, but he's like constantly slinging like I want these son of bitches taken care of go get them son of bitches you're a son of a bitch like he that's like his only line the whole fucking film it feels like it's son of a bitch god so you know and they they throw some more exposition out where his son basically has disappointed him and he is a son of a bitches to his father apparently also but they figure out okay we need to get some people from the Mexico border across the border into the states not only them but with some some drugs so they stop and find this motherfucker when and again no exposition for like a good bit into the film we're we're introduced to um god damn like a standoff with um these Mexican and Filipinos that they're that are working for him and just in this random field and guys like we're getting forward promise you but some of this shit is pointless it seems it's so random they show up um because they're complaining like somebody goes to the to Joey's dad and is complaining that the Mexicans and the Filipinos at this fucking farm are not happy because they want win they want minimum wage and the fucking dollar amount is a dollar 50 an hour yeah this was in the 80s by the way so they go he goes in there and and just a full fucking warning none of these like to say none of these movies this movie in particular uh, and i think this was the case with some a lot of amir's films he didn't give a fuck he was pretty much socially in socially incorrect as far as the way he presented other ethnicities in these movies. He's like, oh, the damn Mexicans are fighting the fucking Filipinos. It's like, oh my fucking God, dude. Fucking Filipinos hate the Mexicans. The Mexicans hate the fucking Filipinos. Ah, uh, they killed each other. Fuck it. Cause, no, it was yeah. It was the way that the son of one of the main Mexicans, like, he stood up to the, 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 the right-hand guy. The right-hand guy, and he got bitch-slapped onto the ground and the dad was just like no one lays a hand on my son ever he killed him yeah and just goes to get him like he doesn't even show like any kind of effort it was just like putting his hand like forward and then he gets knocked away and shot but dude can we talk about the sound dubbing because he 
okay, he, by all intents and purposes, has a small six-shooter. Mm-hmm. Doesn't look like it's powerful. It would make a loud gunshot noise, but the sound in which it is produced is just like a fucking hand cannon, like a fucking tank cannon, like sound and it's this itty bitty gun you just <laughs> and you're like what the fuck <laughs> not only that a lot of the gunshots were a lot of ricocheting like pew, shooters. Pew, pew. but their point blank this is what i was laughing at though because you know the dad's like fuck it kill them all because the filipinos like were like oh you know we, you know we're, we're not gonna leave we just want minimum wage so he's like, fuck it, kill everybody. So they stand there and fire on all of these motherfuckers. And they're point blank, but the way in which it's shot, they're not. it's not a wide shot of them all together shooting them. It pans back and forth from a shot of the cartel and then the Mexicans in the Philippines. And they're just like... They're, it's like the worst dying I have ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, they're getting blown the fuck away. You'd think, like, some jump backs and falling into, like, the hay bales, but they're just standing there and they're just like, ooh, ooh, ah. Yeah, they, like, they, they wiggle downwards. Like, they, they just, they, they reverse worm to the fucking ground. Which, you know, if I got shot in the gut, I would, like, fall back a little bit and go, you know, to the ground. But I wouldn't be like, ooh, like, just this, like, sensual dance to the fucking floor. <laughs> Well, we go from central dying dance to the most pointless four-minute strip scene ever. By the way, this film was ridiculous with amount of, like, unnecessary sex. Like, just anything content-wise or the action itself. I'm convinced we watched a softcore porn. Because sort of. that four-minute, like, montage was... First of all... First of all... Sorry. <laughs> that fucking music, though, dude. I'll never get it out of my head. Cheesy as fuck. <laughs> but it's just, the, like you said, the dub over was terrible. The The guy in the pink shirt was just... Yeah, Ben, Charlie's brother. He God. was he was trying so hard, but putting minimum effort, because whenever he would say something, he was like, yeah, yeah, do it, yeah. But he was just kind of like just pumping his fist like half cocked, like, mm, yeah, mm, mm. Ladies and gentlemen, thus, Jersey Shore was born. Yeah. The but, end. <laughs> but then also, like I said, the, the strip tease itself was, you went through like, what, three women? And it was... Yeah, I lost count, dude. It was just you, like, what the fuck? You just, you get so drawn, like, it's so droll of how much sexual content is in front of you for a film that's mostly about drugs. Yeah, it's about the war as the fucking poster states or like the 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 uh tagline one man against uh, one man against the entire cartel okay um this man is apparently against uh stds Mm -hmm. just saying stop it get Get some some help. help motherfucker but anyway but yeah we're treated to the strip scene being interrupted by joey and his boys I think it's just his boys. I don't remember if Joey was there or not. Okay, Joey's boys. Yeah, Joey's Joey's boys. Anyway. So they basically want... Jaws. Yeah. (laughs) They basically want him to find some way to get uh, his dad's... Money. Money. Give me your fucking money. Like 12 grand. Yeah, so he wants to get his... 
drugs and his Mexican friends, I guess, across the border. And Ben's like, oh, well, I know somebody who can fly. Just give me the chance to go find my brother. So he goes after his brother, Charlie. Yeah. But can we talk about, like, right before that, his friends, Ben's friends, almost saved his ass. Because somehow everybody knows Kung Fu in the parking lot. You have a random Chinese man, a random black guy, just knows Kung Fu. I mean, I'm talking, like, years and years of training Kung Fu. Not just movie magic Kung Fu, but, like, motherfucker. With, yet again, really bad choreographed fight scenes. Yeah. Dubbed over with, like, like double, ah! like double dragon style, like video game noises. Jimmy and Bimmy, <laughs> <laughs> Billy. I know, video, angry video game nerd. But god damn it. <clears throat> so yeah, they they almost save Ben, and well, that doesn't happen because one of them brandishes a gun, and they're like, no, and they fucking take him anyway. So wait, like what you were saying, he basically is going to get his brother to do this job, which will pay the rest of his debt off, and then his brother will make twenty five grand on it. So, yeah, we get introduced to, to Charlie. Son of a bitches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Yeah, so he goes and pays a visit, gets his brother in on it. They show up to the restaurant, this, the same fucking restaurant in all of Amir's films. They go upstairs, and this scene is what cracks me up. There's already, like, a fucking confrontation happening. So I guess this is supposed to be the scene that solidifies that Charlie is a badass because he just walks up and breaks this fight up. And then the one guy he was there to see in the first place was the dude getting fucked with. And um, he was asking, that. and this fucking, this edit had us just fucking rolling, okay? Because I had seen this movie before, but I forgot about this this one in particular. It's like, yeah, I, I, need, I need a helicopter. Here's the key! And it immediately cuts. Like, it, it, I think it even cuts off him saying key. It's like, here's the key. <laughs> immediate, just shot the, the from tran- inside of it. The transition was like abrupt. Yeah, because it wasn't necessarily a loud scene beforehand, but it was just like, you know, normal dialogue scene where it was like, okay, this is this this is like really well um, edited as far as the sound. It's like, okay, I need, a, I need a copter. Well, here's the key. <laughs> Fuck. Can we, can we not forget the bad dub over of the walking noises? And they rock the restaurant. <laughs> so they both arrive in a Jeep and they drive onto what is actually pavement. Yes. And Charlie walks onto the pavement and concrete hear, pavement. And all you hear is gravel noise. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is he walking on? I don't see no glass. I don't see gravel. I don't see nothing. He's literally on concrete. Nothing else, pavement, and he like they dubbed over like in the recording rooms <laughs> noise. Well, they were supposed to put. I think they were supposed to put flat-footed smacking on concrete down, but the guy in the the editing room was chewing popcorn. Like bravo! Like but it yeah. was it was so obvious. Well, I'll tell you what was not obvious. Um. I'll say I'll tell you what was even more obvious to say not obvious it's even more fucking obvious when they land in I'm using air quotes Mexico big ass opening yeah big old opening just random ass small thing of trees and uh, here's the people they're supposed to be meeting which um, are they're obviously not Mexican either 
Not a single one. So they get down there, and then they wind up fucking this up because, unbeknownst to Charlie and Ben, these two people are carrying two suitcases of cocaine onto the copter with them. So Which when no one suspected at all. No, not at Who all. Who goes to Mexico and picks up people? Mexico. Yeah. Mexico. 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 Let's go. Let's a blow. Let's a blow. Super Mario Blow Brothers. Marblo. Mario Blowers. <laughs> but yeah, Charlie was on to something. He's like, something doesn't seem right. Hey, what's in the briefcase? What's in the bag? Nothing of your concern. Just get them over the board. No, they literally no. wrestled out of their hands the suitcases and started the fucking firefight. All hell breaks loose. And then Charlie opens one of them and it's like... Oh, I fucking knew it, man. Why are you getting me into this shit? The fucking gunfire again. Just mega hand cannon sounds out of itty-bitty guns, and then the fucking shotguns are even louder. That was another problem with this film. The oh, dial- the sound mixing and... The li- dialogue was so minor. All you hear is this shit. And then when it gets to an action scene, BAM! BOOM! SHIT! <laughs> like literally it just goes from like zero miles an hour to like fuck I just hit a wall I uh, yeah so it, the other thing is again we got the son of a bitches again another son of a bitches line yep. so the they're standing there after every, everybody's been shot everybody's fucking dead and they're like and you hear it's the federales somehow uh, they're supposedly in a secluded spot where nobody should be around within fucking miles. Somehow the federales were alerted, alerted to this unless they fucking saw the copter come in and followed it. That's the mm. only thing that I can surmise was the plot point for the federales to be in that location. Other than that, the fucking the time lapse from which the copter is not even on, they get to it. They turn it on the blades start to slowly fucking spin. The Federales would have had enough time to run up to the fucking helicopter, probably. But, dude, they're already in the air as soon as the Federales are there. She's like, what the hell? Also, at the same time, the distance from when the car is first shown to the first body, and then the next scene, the car was pretty much there on the first scene. The second scene... The car was already way in the back still and then arrived like slid stop. <laughs> so I'm like, how 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 does that work? And like, was there like a rewind button that was pushed by accident in life? And it was just like, hold on a second, rewind it for, oh, there we go. I got enough distance now. It's like, what what kind of editing is this? I don't know. Because like you said, they got to the helicopter with enough time to load up, get the, the blades whirl, whirling, take off off the ground, and go flying off as soon as the Federales got to the first body and slid stop. First that, and then they didn't stop them. They didn't like try to shoot the helicopter down or you know something. But no, like there was not enough time for them to you know get from ten feet away to the body, and then you know I'm I'm so, I'm so confused like how all this happened. I'm so confused right now. I am confusion. <laughs> like. We 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 harp on it so much, like the editing in these films are just, in my book, atrocious. But that what brings the humor behind this film, of course. And you know, again, it's very playfully like playfully humorous to us because at the time 
again, being micro-budgeted, Amir probably shot everything in one fucking take. Mm-hmm. It's obvious. So, again, that's what's humorous about it. So they get, they get the fuck out of Mexico, and it just cuts to a shot, basically, of, of uh, Tony Stone, Robert Zadar, and his dad, you know, being like, oh, they fucked it up. I want them dead. Blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, Tony's like, but get these sons of bitches. And we were both just like, holy shit. Like father, like son. He finally said sons of bitches, though. Like, yeah. he used it correctly. Yeah. So, they show up to Ben's girlfriend's house, or wife, or whatever. Yeah, you know, he was a fiance. He was going to get married. Mm-hmm. So, Tony shows up with the rest of the gang, and they pretty much hold up inside the house and wait for them to get home. So, Charlie and Ben come pulling up in this van full of guns and all kind of shit. And I'm saying this line because it's really fucking humorous later. Fucking Charlie gets out. Man, I'm so hungry I could eat a horse. Okay. So they go in. Uh, actually, Ben goes in and gets subdued. And he's yelling like, Charlie, Charlie. So Charlie's like, fuck. And he's already got shit ton of guns. So he just starts gunning motherfuckers down. And all hell breaks loose. Ben tries to fucking escape, gets shot in the fucking kidney. But we were, jo- we were laughing about... Um, this goes all to set location because we've seen these sets before. Mm-hmm. The free puppies sign that's on the fucking <laughs> like, like who, whose puppies what? are we talking about? I know. Are we talking about the wife? Like, really? Are we talking about? Are we talking about actual dogs? I really, I want to know. I would love to fucking know. Another thing: How is it they're able to drive in the middle of daylight in a neighborhood? With fucking large ass weapons on site and not get anybody called on them. Yeah, I was thinking that too. The other thing I was thinking is obviously Ben fucking dies. So Charlie's trying to gun down and he's running he's running from them just to get clearing. That way he can, you know, pick him off if he can. This the way this farm is laid out, he's just running and he dives over this fucking two um this this two like layered fence and they're shooting at him and it's like how did they not hit that fucking horse that was behind him I was like well fuck that's the horse that he was gonna eat so that would have been really fucking helpful you know it's like well he doesn't have to put the horse down he can just fucking eat it now if y'all would just hit the horse and save me a lot of trouble that would be great <sighs> y'all still suck I can't even get y'all to hit the damn they thing they didn't even hit the fucking horse just <sighs> the horse is like fuck my life right yeah, like, horse's like, ass. He's like Eeyore. He's like, God damn it. <laughs> Thanks for missing me. I wish I was dead. <laughs> I had to be in this movie for free. I'm such an ass. <laughs> Anybody want to play a game of horse? <laughs> of course. I've got a basketball. It's like Forrest Gump with Eeyore. <laughs> Life is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> if I eat, I'm gonna die. Oh my god! <laughs> Horse Gump. <laughs> Why the long face? I am just that. <laughs> so they chase. Um, they chase Charlie. Um, into what appears to be some deadly prey territory at some point like later on which we'll get into but they chase him through what looked to be the back ass end of you remember that fucking it's 
I'm not saying it's the actual location, but just kind of looking at it, you're like, huh, the, the, the old fucking 1960s Star Trek episode, that real famous one with that fucking cliffside that they mm-hmm. use. They used it in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey and a few other play, uh, films, but it looks like, oh shit, if he pops up on that rock, I'm going to fucking lose my shit. I'm going to laugh my ass off. Uh, lo and behold, he shoots a dude in the dick. Yeah, like, not even before he aims the damn gun, he's like, pow, and shot him right in the fucking cock. Yeah, and you can check that video clip out on our Instagram at Super Media Bros Podcast. It's funny. Dick shot. Dick shot. So, yeah, that happens, and uh, they wind up shooting him in the back, and he makes his escape by jumping into the fucking water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he eventually goes to his uh, Ginza. I couldn't remember. It was uh, Ginza was his friend who subplot his uh martial arts studio got put out of business by the cartel people taking over the town blah 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 so there's exposition for him to help out but he tends to charlie's wounds and then (laughs) we we go a little bit later into the movie which we laughed at this fucking scene because once again another goddamn pointless sex scene between joey and some random woman and that fucking dude that comes in little joey Daddy wants you. Mm. Oh, and he, but he makes eye contact. He fucking makes eye contact, dude. But not only that, this lady was not even attractive to begin with. So I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'm good, girl." <laughs> no, but my dad, my dad needs me. Well, when they start, like he's in the room, and she's like. Like she slaps him, and he fucking slaps her back, and she's like, "Meh." Like, it's just like the most awkward, like kinky. Domestic if you want to call abuse. it that, yeah. If you want to fucking call it that, so we're just like, this is not tasteful. This is this serves no purpose other than to be fucking like rapey and creepy. Mm-hmm. I'm calling it that because that's exactly what it fucking felt like. Just bad. Yep. So, little Joey, daddy wants you. Like, ew. So, yeah, we get um, another scene where, god damn it, I think they go back to the club or some shit, because there was a shot where they're getting chased out of there, and I laugh because the car they get away in looks like the fucking DeLorean. Mm-hmm. We have to go back. <laughs> fix this movie. Great Scott. Great Scott. We have to go back to fix this fucking movie. That same club, though, was the club that was had the four-minute-long striptease, too. Like, it literally, like you said earlier, Siobhan just did all the filming in one get-up rather than just taking multiple shots or breaks and whatnot. So the four-minute montage in the beginning basically was the had the ending of the beginning of this scene where the club got broken up because it was the same girls and everything. They used the same footage and just put it right in there. Yeah. Which was really weird. Yeah. And fucking, like, um, the guy that played, um, oh, fuck, Joselito, the guy that played the, um, you know, in Samurai Cop, he killed him. Who? Mm -hmm. Himself. That guy. Yep. Cool guy. Fucking funny. Good actor, too, actually. Um, they show up to this guy's house. Uh, Joey's gang members show up to this dude's house and threaten him because, you know, they're fucking all in this movie sprinkled here and there. They're trying to get to his friends, this, that, and the other. So, there's a guy that gets fucking killed, and he's got the most monotone, like, whoa, fucking. 
What the fuck? <laughs> so that happens, and then um, Joey's gang winds up escaping, and um, th- th- this is where the movie gets a little convoluted because there's like a scene where Charlie and Jenza show up to the fucking house. Um, they run away, like they're chasing the gang around, and they run back to the house because they they chase them away, mm-hmm. like at um, at Joselito's home. Well, when they go back, it's immediate. This is where the editing comes back in. It immediately cuts to Charlie trying to fuck his girlfriend. Again, unnecessary sex. So yeah. Um. Oh yeah, the fucking uh. Oh, the two sheriff that are in on um the whole thing because they're like in the pocket of Tony's dad or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's another subplot. So. They show back up to this farm because uh, another buddy of theirs winds up getting attacked by a couple of Joey's uh, gang and the chainsaw scene. And they get attacked by them and the dad. That that fucking... Dude. The chainsaw scene... (sighs) It tried to be Scarface. Yeah. I mean, like you said, the editing part was one scene, they have blood in their face from them chopping into the dude. Next scene was like completely clean. And then the ending scene after he killed them all was he had blood on his face again. Not only that, there was like little to no wound when they showed it to him on the screen. It's like a small little gash. But the way they portrayed it, it was like he was literally slicing into his fucking abdomen. Yeah, so there was not a, a very big amount of blood, which, again, we were like, why? And that and it was uncomfortably long. Mm-hmm. Like, a, a, it had to be about like a two-and-a-half-minute straight scene of them torturing this dude in the stomach with a chainsaw. He just wouldn't fucking die. So I was sitting there like, you it know. Just, it just seemed like masochistic. Like, the, he enjoyed it. It's just like, ah, ah, you know, he just, you expect him to moan every now and then. The sexist chainsaw massacre. We're not kidding. Oh. So, we oh. get it. Yeah. <laughs> so, winds up that Charlie and Jen just, they show up, they find him dead, um, the two sheriff chase them there and they find them and they get they they take the fucking truck get away with the guns the sheriff fucking chase them and we get the chase scene with the um i want to say we get the samurai cop chase scene music at some point in this and the same fucking dialogue shoot 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 him god damn it God damn it. Everything gets recycled. This is the deadly prey part because they they chase him into the same fucking rock quarry that the fucking man on fire and samurai cop was in, like that same open area. But not only that, they had the trees that did the little archway that he hid in too. Like, we're not kidding. Everything gets recycled. It gets reused. It's like this wooded area. And I swear to God, me and you at the same time fucking looked over at each other. Is this deadly prey? Like mm-hmm. that fucking meme with the butterfly and that little Asian dude holding up the fucking, you know. Is this deadly prey? <laughs> For real, though. Because they chase him. They get out of the car. And it's like, what the fuck is this shit? And there's like a couple car chases in this. Because after that, I want to say Joey gets murdered. This is when, when Charlie finally kills uh, Joey. In the most anticlimactic death scene ever. Mm-hmm. 
he shoots him and he turns around and he's like, I'm going to make love to this fucking fence. She's like, oh, I'm going to rub this fence. Yeah, they literally painted like the blood on his lips like lipstick and he just like, just smooched it. Just, oh, yeah. It was offensive. It was very offensive. He was on the fence about that scene. He very much was. <sighs> Sons of bitches. Anyway, mm. the second car chase involves Joey's dad and Charlie. Which Joey's dad is in the back fucking seat while his his henchmen are driving him around. And this is where they go back to a different fucking quarry mm-hmm. where they get stuck in the fucking uh in the dirt down below because it it's Charlie and his girlfriend going up the hill in this fucking van and they get to the top and they're like, Oh, they're gonna fucking shoot us because they got the high ground. It's like, Yes, yes, Anakin. It's I over. have the high ground. It's, it's- over. Underestimate my power. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> or my favorite. Ah. Uh. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so that happens. Um. And from there, we basically get uh, Jenza and Charlie fucking going to the compound and taking down the whole cartel. Mm-hmm. And this is some funny shit because fucking Jens is going up into this barn area. Again, another location that's been recycled. And you were fucking pointing this shit out because they're being all sneaky. And what the fuck does Jenza do? Walks up on the dude. Yeah! Oh, the, shit. Dude Kicks turns him. right there. He's like, hey! Huh? <laughs> right in the fucking gut. <laughs> Knocks him over the edge. He throws the one dude out the fucking open window down off the roofing. Like, just, you hear, ah! Like, how does not, how does no one hear that? Yeah, because nobody is alerted to this shit. You don't hear a random Asian man screaming or, you know, your comrade, you know, getting kicked off a building? Yeah. So, yeah. And the one thing that made me laugh, the one, there's this one character that we didn't see the whole fucking movie just dressed in red. And he's like, does, he looks like he just does not want to be here. He's walking with the gun. Charlie just kind of pops out of nowhere, points a gun at him. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Jesus? You love him? <laughs> yes, please, don't kill me! <laughs> Give him my regards. What the fuck? Jesus didn't do anything. What are you talking about, Charlie? <sighs> So, yeah, that, again, the dialogue is just like, what? Why? They're what? trying so hard to have, like, that iconic lyric to come out or that line just <laughs> be forever idolized. Give him my regards. You love him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, yes, I love Jesus. Please don't kill me. Oh, my God. So, when, <laughs> when he goes in there... Fucking, uh, they're chasing through the house, and Charlie's trying to get to Joey's dad or whatever. Well, he grabs the, f- <laughs> he grabs the fucking phone, and this is what cracks me up. Joey's dad picks the phone up. Like, who the fuck is he gonna call besides the fucking Ghostbusters? Obviously, he picks the phone up, and fucking Charlie shoots at him, and he, like Charlie busting up in there like the phone company. Like, Bitch, you didn't pay your bill. It's past due. Your yeah. bills do, motherfucker. Dude runs around the corner. Charlie's like looking around, like, where'd he go? And then he goes. <laughs> Charlie goes around the other corner, 
while the dad comes back trying to find him. He had his you know pistol in hand, and Joey, I mean, I'm gonna get you, Charlie. <laughs> Just pops in, it's like I'm gonna get you, <laughs> and they commence to having the most. Now we've seen some some takedowns, some kung fu shit happening. They proceed to have the most, and I called it. It would be realistic because it looked like a struggle, but they proceed to have the most girly fight I've ever seen. It reminds me so much of the Bob Barker versus Adam Sandler fight in <laughs> Happy Gilmore. <laughs> Fuck yes, because the guy portraying the dad was like in his fifties or sixties or something. And Charlie was like a fit, you know, 20-something-year-old guy. And the way the dad fought, he was just like, had his hands up like fisticuffs. It was Put up pu- your fucking dukes. Punching them, punching him like that. And it's just like so like simplistic punching while Charlie's like trying to like gut him in the, you know, knee him in the gut and shit. And it was just like watching you beat up your grandpa. But it was so funny because you're... <laughs> <laughs> like just uh, over and over again uh, and he's throwing like fucking left and right haymakers so he finally struggles and gets him off of him and then charlie kicks him right in the ass and then he falls into the hot tub that's just in the floor and this is probably like the best scene in the fucking movie he point blank he's like i'm gonna get you you son of a bitch and he fucking you know shoots his dad and the close-up, you hear, and then it looks like he just, you know, pushes out a fuck ton of fruit gushers from his mouth and fades into hot tub time machine obscurity. With the most cringy face. Because he literally just, like, looked up and just, like, like he was popping a squat and he couldn't pass it. It's like, it's like looking directly into the sun with no sunglasses while trying to take a shit. Mm-hmm. This is <laughs> this like he saw Jesus and it was like compelled by the power. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't love the guy in the red suit, but I love you. <laughs> Fuck. Bless me. Oh my God. So yeah, that happens. And then we get the cue, the fucking, which it's the, it is the young rebels theme, but it is also used again in samurai cop as the samurai cop love theme. So this is why we laughed at this. So, Shoots his dad, kills him, throws the gun in, cued the samurai cop love theme. And he's walking out, and the head of the sheriff that has been kind of in the background of the whole movie substitute Rodney Dangerfield. I swear to God, that's exactly what this fucking shit was. I, I got nothing. I mean, when he was like, so what? You fight? You guys think you deserve a fucking medal or something? Actually, yeah, we do. <laughs> and then he's like, "Oh, I don't mean to cuss. I'm trying to work on my my swearing and shit like that." And because there's a female present. Yeah. So the two guys proceed to leave, and uh, fucking Dangerfield. No. Or was it Ginza or Charlie? Ginza. Yeah. He's like, "Hey, don't forget that medal, Sheriff." Yeah. He's like, get the fuck out of here, you two. And then he turns to the deputy who's like literally the woman in the area. She's like, what the fuck are you doing here still? Get the fuck on your job or whatever. And he's just like, man, I got to work on my fucking swearing. Yeah, he like breaks the fourth wall. I can watch my fucking mouth. <laughs> cue, the, cue the samurai cop love theme. And that is Young Rebels. God damn it. Speaking of samurai cop themes, let's not forget the um, 
that's another thing I was gonna say that that's in the next movie as well that same fucking piece of score yeah and it's always in really funny like spots where they're just casually walking up to something it's like and it's like there's no actual like thrill or dread that is supposed to be you know occurring yeah yeah they just like they'd be like Hey, dude, I'll be right back. I'm going to go get something to drink. Okay, bud. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so that 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 is Young Rebels. And uh, moving on to the the second portion of the uh, Amir Shavan double feature. Killing American style. From 1988. Dude, look, okay. The fucking tagline on this poster. I shit you not. I shit you not. Guys, look, and you can watch these out there. If you've got an Amazon Prime account, these movies are free. Like, the good people at Cinema Epic, Cinema Epoch, Cinema Epic, they have put this stuff on Amazon Prime for your enjoyment and your, your viewing pleasure. But when I first saw this, and I looked at the tagline on the poster. <laughs> there are all kinds of killings. The best is American style. Because we do it better. What? <laughs> I mean, look at our track record. What? <laughs> and if you thought we weren't going to bring Robert Zadar's channel along for this ride as well, you're fucking wrong. You're sadly mistaken because, because it makes a grand entrance back into the scene. I feel like I kept calling him Tony in the other one, but it's Joey. Joey. It's, yeah. Because Joey, Tony, hey, what? what it don't fucking matter. I forget about it. So. This one. Okay. Dude, look. And the, here's the best part. And I shit you not. This movie probably had better acting and it was better like done so that's an improvement but it's not saying much um the a bonus for those of you that have been listening to the cult cinema showdown series here you get a dose of harold diamond who was one of the um the male uh dea officers i i, I feel like it's rowdy but i feel like rowdy is the other guy he uh he was in um hard ticket to hawaii mm-hmm. so that's a plus i like this guy He's he's usually really hungry and gets messages and sandwiches brought to him on the beach or on, the, on a dock somewhere. But he's he's wearing almost the same getup because he's an actual kickboxer. And as you know, kickboxers like to wear loose clothing so they can whoop the fuck out of you with their fucking toes. Mm-hmm. Big time. And Robert Zadar comes along and now he is the head of this little operation. Little and his swarry. name... Yeah, yeah. His name is Tony Stone. What? Tony Stone. Because his chin is like a fucking stone. Yeah, as I proven earlier. But let's not overlook the beginning sequence with Lynch and his audition. Yeah, so they, they go into fucking Carlos Charlie's and he's fucking a girl in the bathroom. That he's, I guess, auditioning for something that has to be sexual. And here comes Tony wanting to get Lynch on this job, this big job that pays well. So he interrupts his little um, booty call to go do this. 
which they end up getting guys to go rob a fucking ice cream truck business. Yeah. Oh, the 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 line that Lynch throws out at the girl. Keep, Keep it, it warm. warm. <sighs> Matt did it better. Yeah. But yeah, that line was thrown out there. So yeah, they go to this ice cream van facility place to uh, get money because they have a guard that works there and that works for them as well and he lets them in. So this is kind of a a weird thing because when Tony Stone first arrives at the restaurant, he's got black hair. And now he's like brun white brunette? Yeah, he's like brown blonde. Like I mean not blonde, but he's got like, you know, lighter colored hair, definitely brown though. Yeah. And that was an inconsistency I noticed as well. I wonder if the black hair was a wig. <laughs> Another Matthew Curator's moment. <laughs> I fucking wonder. So, anyway, like they go into this warehouse for the money, and I laughed so fucking hard because there's um, there's a sequence where they kind of get found out, and they're um, they're holding up a couple of the guards that are in there, and I think it's Lynch where he's he's telling the one guy he's like, "Face the wall." What is he? Uh, Turn around. Put your ass to me. No, it was the uncle. Was it the uncle? Yeah. God. He's like, turn around, put your ass to me. Because <laughs> he was the creepy one that will go up to the one. He's just like, oh, you're a good boy. You're cute. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Uncle Looney. Yeah. <laughs> I got the money, Tony. God damn it. So pretty much, oh, yeah, and then the fucking, um, the, the one guy that's in on it, goes to alert the other, you know, people there to get them, you know, the other cops or the other guards there to get them away from the situation. Well, he fails to get the fucking head guy, I guess, of the 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 officers. Which, wasn't that one uh, Amir? Because I remember a while back when we watched it for the first time, me and you, I thought you said that he actually portrayed that cop or that guard because he wanted to be in his film. I, f- I feel stupid for having not looked at that again because the only distinction and you know it may very well have been and like because the first fucking thing that happened when the dude turned around i was like guys it's unibrow cop Mm -hmm. we know you're in there telling you man put your brows up there was a bridge from one eye to the other on that motherfucker there was like a hungry caterpillar the very hungry caterpillar um yeah and there's more chase music and shit Mm-hmm. Again, because there's yeah, and this was the samurai cop chase music, I think, because there was another sequence of them getting out of the ice cream van place warehouse emporium. Gosh, they it. get into the landmark van from Young Rebels. Yeah, the same. We're not kidding either. The exact same fucking van, landmark. It was a landmark in filmmaking, sir. Mm-hmm. Van damn it. Amir Shavan. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Amir's Shervan. Yeah. <laughs> it was sheer coincidence. <laughs> Amir, you so and we we pointed out in Samurai Cop way back a couple years ago, like we that episode was a bonus and it was pulled from like a prior podcast we did. We pointed out that there were what we would refer to as quote budget actors, where it it 
they were people whether purposely done or not they looked or sounded like other people and this is where i saw that one guy that straight up looked like fucking patrick warburton mm-hmm. <laughs> peter you're taking my van <laughs> like what the fuck dude he looks so disappointed too with like not even putting any effort he's just like So I think this is where Lynch actually gets um doesn't cuz doesn't Lynch get arrested? Yeah, at the restaurant. God, but there was before that they were talking to somebody. Oh yeah, they were talking to the guard cuz the guard got found out by his coworkers or whatever. And then the the and one then guy to- and like, then Sonic. Tony and yeah, and Tony's <laughs> having yet another fucking sex scene and they catch him from his trying to escape his little penthouse or whatever the fuck it is. Yep. Put it down on the get down on the grass. On the grass. He's obviously on the grass, dude. Yes. Um, Stones through the grass. So we get... Um, I'm assuming... Okay, because this came out before Samurai Cop, so obviously this was another scene that was used later on. Back to Carlos and Charlie's, because the arresting officer walks up, and there's John Lynch with all these women and all these other gang members having dinner at the table, and much like fucking uh, Joe Marshall walking up are you Fuji, Fujiyama? We get this motherfucker. Are you John Lynch? <laughs> like, so uninterested. And then proceeds to arrest him on sight, and John's like, I won't be long. And he just beats the fucking cop up. God damn it. Granted, you know, the guy who played uh, John Lynch was really convincing as this, like, psychopath, like, His name nut was job. Lynch. Yeah. Like, his actual name was Lynch. Yeah. But they end up arresting him, and both of both him and Tony get put into the van, the, uh, not the van, the prison bus. Yep. They get escorted to the prison. When they come across this broken-down camper with, help me, my husband, he needs help, he's about to die. And it's like, oh, my God, my legs. <laughs> It's very obviously a dude in drag. So they pull over and they proceed to help these older people. Come to find out, it's Uncle Looney <laughs> <laughs> dressed up in drag, beating the shit out of the guards and you know having regards. A Here's my regards. Send him your regards. Yeah. <laughs> so they beat the shit out of him. Uh, they kill the cops, except for this one dude that jumps out the back of the bus. And here's where the exposition happens. Now, I say some, the exposition. Here's where we get to like the real, actual, like case in point plot of the film. Mm-hmm. So Tony's brother is one of the people that are saving him. Okay, so this guard shoots Tony's brother in the stomach, which they kill the guard, obviously. So he shoots him in the stomach. They flip out and leave, and basically they are trying to find somewhere to hold up. Because they can't go to a hospital, obviously, because they're escaped convicts. Nope. So, yeah. We get put to a, a shot to introduce uh, John Morgan, which is... Uh, I'm sorry, John Morgan. Um, Her- yeah, it is John Morgan. I was thinking about that. It's uh, John Morgan. It's Harold Diamond's character. Mm-hmm. So, these two women in bikinis come down the fucking stairs. And the little boy, who is his son... Hi, sexy auntie! Like, really, dude? Which I did not catch until the second time watching it. God. So, John takes the boy to kickboxing practice. 
obviously because he's a kickboxer mm-hmm. and in the film you get like a shot before you go in there of like a little farm that's next to him and, and he's got help that obviously helps take care of you know the farm and neighbors and you know shit like that so with horses more horses if you're hungry Charlie Charlie horse fuck yes <laughs> Charlie's horse Charlie's horse Charlie horse the movie like Charlie's Angels Charlie's yes. horses. Charlie's horses. Charlie's mangels. <laughs> Killing American. Yes. <laughs> oh fuck. Anyway, so um, they leave, and this is where we kind of delve into holy goddamn fucking shit territory. Because, uh, yeah, Tony and the gang decide to hole up at this fucking house. And they give the girl, they put the girls as prisoners, you know, held hostage. One of them was apparently a nurse or something, but only knows, like, basic, you know, first aid and shit. So they pressure her into helping him, you know, recover from the wound shot. While, you know, On John, a waterbed. <laughs> yeah, on a waterbed. But, yeah, John's out and about doing his thing with his son. And he winds up kicking, like, his son's got a little, you know, bully in the class or whatever that, that talks shit, and John winds up kicking that kid's dad's ass in the ring. Yeah, because his dad was obviously taller than John, but not nearly as built as John. Yeah, and this, like in Young Rebels, asserts that our main character at hand is a certified badass. Mm-hmm. So there's the exposition there. It's kind of like Deadly Parade, too. Yeah, a little bit. It's like unaware badass. Dude, telling you. So, we're we're back at you know, his house where Tony and the gang have already rolled in and you know, Tony looks around and he's like, "Hey, it's free real estate." Mhm. So, they're there at their free real estate, you know, getting his brother patched up. Um, and I think this is the point when John comes home with his kid. And, uh, yeah, more hell breaks loose because this is where we get the idea that Lynch is even more of a sadistic son of a bitch. He's obviously pining after his wife and being pervy and rapey again. Like, fuck, dude, it's so uncomfortable to watch this guy's character. But this was after the fact when they pretty much make John run an errand for them to let the mom know that... Tony's mom know that everything's fine. I'm giving you the money, blah, blah, blah. Send a message, basically. Yeah. So they, you know, pawn him to run to this hotel with this key and this money to the mom, make sure that everything goes square. Well, I think at one point, I'm trying to remember, it was they were tagged by the cops or they were being followed by the cops. Yeah, because, like, meanwhile, while this is happening, there's a police detective. Uh, played by Jim Brown, who's been in a fuckload of movies like over his career. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, he visits this fucking brothel because apparently, like, the mother of Tony, like, also is in on this kind of this, you know, ringleading underground prostitution business or some shit. So he shows up and we get more, like, you know, more nudity and more cheesy fucking dialogue. And, like, the, the women there, you know, I can't remember what she fucking said because she was like, um, 
I can't remember the exact line, but I swear to God, it was something cheesy like, um, my name's backwards because I like it in the or in the back or some shit. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, whatever happened to like Angel or Bunny or you know Siren or Vixen? Diamond. Yeah, Diamond. You know, I'm I'm backward. Like, bitch. Yeah, you are backwards. Shit. Where are you from? Ass backwards. So, you know that that's all like kind of the. Um, not a subplot, but it's, you know, just kind of in the background going on that the police know that the bus had crashed and all the prisoners escaped. And, um, so they wind up tailing John to this hotel cause they, they've been spying his mother there with the, with the money mm-hmm. or his stepmother or whatever. Cause she's obviously way too young to be his fucking mother. Yeah. So, um, John goes, gets the key, goes upstairs, takes out one of the guys, which is one of the cops. And he's like, I'm sorry, man. I'd take him out. Cause I could go next door. Uh, gets the money. Well, I say he gets the money and pretty much tells her like not to go near the house and all this other shit just to leave and give me the key. And he pretty much smartly makes up this whole uh, plan. So she is out of the picture and has, and she's away from the hotel. So she can't be reached on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, so he comes back, hides the money at the farm and has the key in an empty suitcase. So when he gets back in and Tony them question him, he's got nothing. So, you know, it makes like this plan starts to make Tony and his people kind of have an infighting piece of argument. (laughs) But Uh, then, but then we progress to, is this when he gets the doctor, right? At some point. Yes. Which is again, played by Joselito. Mm -hmm. Dr. Fuji. But like like I said, the whole scene with Lynch was probably the worst scene in the whole fucking film. Yeah, it's bad. Not not, not like it was poorly done. It was just cringy because it was basically him prying on John's wife in the bathtub while she was bathing and proceeds to, you know, have his way with her. Yeah. And the way it was shot, everything about it was just really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's putting it fucking lightly. And and by this time they had already gotten the doctor there, Doctor Fuji, and um, you know he's patched up the brother. So now basically, yeah, this was whole, this was all part of the thing. Well, we're not leaving until you know he uh, he gets the money. We're not leaving until we get the money. So like after all that had happened, before this scene, um, John had tried to double cross them and take Lynch's gun, and he winds up getting knocked out for it because they find him out or whatever and uh fuji has pretty much um he says something like he gave him a um gave him a shot that pretty much is gonna make him sleep for a day Mm -hmm. so that happens and the kid uh basically steals a gun from looney while he's asleep and goes to his mom's room and they get found out again Mm -hmm. like just every time you think this family's gonna get out of it they they don't and Tony the whole time is like, one more fuck up, kid, and I'm going to blow your whole family away or some shit like that. And you're just like, God, these people are real assholes. I mean, obviously they are, but God, this is yep. uh, further fucking proof of this rabbit hole that they are fucking just pieces of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is when John had hid the money and all this other shit. Um. He begins to take the gang out because when he had come back with the money, I think yeah, because the money stuff happened after the that sequence. I'm sorry. Mm. So he goes and he gets the money. He comes back and hides a gun 
on the roof. Uh, and then he gets his son to go grab the gun. Dude, yeah. Well, he's helping him get it. But this is what's funny is while that's happening, Uncle Looney goes upstairs to check it out. And um, the sister, the the uh, sister-in-law, <laughs> grabs it. She's like, hey, come here. I want to talk to you. And he's like, me? Yeah, I want to talk to you. And this is when the rest of the movie goes like into final act territory. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about <laughs> the fucking gunshot to uncle looney and the face he the, fucking oh. leaves. <laughs> like this, he got a surprise birthday party he's like this, oh. oh this is also on our instagram at super media bros podcast go look at it it's funny mm-hmm. as shit so uncle looney is just as surprised you know by it as she as as they were to land a shot on anybody in this motherfucker because they haven't been able to get any kind of offense against these sons of bitches mm-hmm so he's like, Tony! Fucking yells for Tony. He just gets blown the fucking away. They kill him. And this is where we get that trope of, hey, let's put the movie title in the movie. Where Fuji's like, uh, because they tried to kill, they, they threatened to kill Fuji at first. Like, uh, Tony had this real sickening scene. Like, again, didn't hold back on the race, racial slurs, calling him everything he could. Um, and he fakes him out he shoots the gun but it winds up he didn't kill him he just you know pretty much it's like i'm gonna make you shit your pants because i can kill you if i want to Mm -hmm. so this leads to dr fuji being like you know i'm gonna kill them japanese style and that's where fucking john is like no (laughs) i'm gonna kill them american style american style (laughs) you know i think if this movie would have been made later on they probably would have put american badass by kid rock in this and it would have been even fucking worse it would have fit. It would have fit, but dude, goddamn, it would have been just like, oh, like, like it fits, but in the most cringe way possible. <laughs> but let's not take anything away from the fact that Harold Diamond, uh, the character John Morgan, is a badass. Because, dude, he flat out just goes on a shooting rampage. Tony, like, he kills everybody except for Tony and his brother Jesse, who was shot. Mm-hmm. so they're trying to they're like fuck this we're gonna leave well that happens but the rest of tony's backup gang show up and there's more bodies to be fucking killed can we talk about the scene in which uh lynch gets knocked down and the wife has just sweet fucking revenge because john shoots this dude and we're like oh fuck yeah he shot him dude's alive mm-hmm. but he gets his dick blown off Yep. Oh, so hard. Real, real fucking hard. And this is just like that ultimate moment of fuck yes, you piece of shit. Getting lynched in the dick. His dick was lynched up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no more dick and balls for you, sir. You fucker. But uh, yeah, so that all happens. And then there's this one shot where, again, another dude on fire. Because... John's having a shootout with two people. He shoots this gas out of a barrel and shoots it. And and this guy is on fire. And I have to, you know, guys, look, I have to look at this and think to myself, no person that catches fire in an Amir Shavon film is safe by any fucking means. Mm-hmm. There's no fucking way. Because this dude had significantly less clothing on than he should have had for a fire stunt. Yeah, because normally when you pat them up, they're pretty thick. So they don't get any kind of like burns or anything. But no, this was like 
pretty much like wearing bare clothes almost. Yeah, I mean, he had jeans and shit on, but the short was like not a long sleeve shirt. And fuck, dude, it just was, the way he was walking. Sure, like he, you know, obviously had some kind of retardant like gel or whatever on. Dude, I still would have burned like hell. Fuck yeah. And no one, no one, uh, Amir probably would have been like, nah, fuck this. We're going to get all the footage we can out of this shot. Keep rolling. Yeah. And I'm not saying anything disparaging towards Amir. I just think it's kind of funny because, you know, he's, he probably came from that real old school of just like, no, fuck that, dude. We got all this film. We're going to use this fucking film because we're going to get every bit of our penny out of this. And he's like, uh, but somebody on set was probably like, Amir. Amir, he's not. I think he's dead. He's crispy. Get more footage. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Filming will use the body. Like, fuck. Do it or you're fired. Grilling American style. <laughs> Burning American style. Burning American style. Sick burn, man. Oh, fuck. Man, that dude was lit as fuck. That was lit. Fire, son. So so well, in fact, that there was an emoji made after him. Firearms. Oh, <laughs> <boom. Psst>. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that th- this was probably one of my favorite fucking kills in the movie. So they they get in, he gets into a hand to hand fight, and this guy's like, "You son of a bitch! I'll kill you with my own bare hands." So what does he get for it? He gets kicked in the fucking face and shot. <laughs> I just love it. You son of a bitch, I'll kill you with my own bare hands. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I know, right, Loki? My cat my cat just... <laughs> He's so disappointed in the ending, too. He is. So, yeah, I know, right? He's fucking meowing back there. Mm-hmm. So, Tony and Jesse see no fucking escape. All their help is gone. Um... So they decide to hold Fernando, the little kid, the neighbor's kid, hostage. Now, this is what's fucked up. The kid hears all this going on, finds his dad dead because they fucking killed him in the dead beginning and dumped his body into the fucking barn. Dead beginning. Yeah. And, I mean, they threw him like a fucking rag. Wrestling fans, it looked like a botched back suplex. They just threw him into the fucking thing. He probably landed on his neck. Just saying. I mean, the doll did, probably. Oh yeah, it's just so he find anyway. They find this kid, and they're gonna hold him hostage. Mm-hmm. So Jesse's like, ah, fuck it, I'm gonna go around back and try to you know catch John. No, fuck that. John shoots the fuck out of Jesse. He's down. The police fucking show up, and they almost get um, they almost shoot John, but he's like, um, J- the other person was like, no, oh, he's uh, uh Fuji. It was like, no, oh, he's he's the owner of the place. I'm like okay, <laughs> and it's so funny. Tony's like, where's my brother? They they show uh, Jim Brown looking over. Fucking corpse on the ground. Mm-hmm. Your brother already turned himself over. <laughs> it was funny because he was on his stomach. And the way he fucking says it, your face is perfect. <laughs> he's, he's already turned himself over. <laughs> I know, dude. <laughs> fucking crying <laughs> we're dead serious he turned himself over. no he's dead serious <laughs> <laughs> oh 
And he's not going to live to tell <laughs> no, about it. No, he's not. <laughs> so, fuck. Oh, God. Anyway, so, yeah. So, Tony just says, fuck it. He's going to try to use the boy as a shield. And John's like, no, you pussy. Fight me hand to hand if you're such a big man. I don't think he really says that, but that's kind of what I would put in there. If you're such a big man, put your dukes up and fight me. Which means kicking a shot. They beat the fuck out of each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, they beat the actual fuck out of each other. And this is where Zadar's hair changes from brown to black again. He beats he beats him black and <laughs> He beats him black and forth. Black. <laughs> <laughs> My hair's black and forth. <laughs> so he beats his ass, and then he's like, nah, fuck this. He shoots him because, again, Tony's like, nah, I gotta get my gun and shoot you. Nah, fam. Boof. Shot. Dead. Cap. So, uh, yeah. That's pretty much Killing American Style. Oh, happy fucking ending, by the way. Because not only does John get reunited with his wife and his kid, the poor family that the father died <clears throat> are there. They're just like, how the hell are we gonna live how are we going to have any kind of income? John's like, <laughs> I got an idea. Grabs that big fucking sack of money and gives it to him. He's like, your dad told me to hang on to this. This is for you now. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah, happy ending. But I think after all this, John just said, fuck this shit. He gets a hard ticket to Hawaii. Hard ticket to Hawaii. I'm telling you, man. If I had to go through all that fucking shit, you need a vacation. I would go on vacation mm-hmm. to a different movie with a different fucking director and with a fucked up snake. With a very fucked up snake and a lot of and a lot of explosions and titties. Yeah. So, yeah. If you want to see I, I don't I'm not saying that's a that's a sequel, but damn it. If you want to see if this dude went into witness protection and changed his fucking name and just said, fuck it, I'm just going to be a, a, an agent myself, go check out our fucking cult cinema showdown episode, Dragon Sounds and Ammo Rounds, and find out what the fuck happened in Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Dude. But that, yeah, but that's Killing American Style. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> what a trip. It, it it really is a trip. Look. <clears throat> Thank you very much to uh, Greg at Cinema Epic for finding this this stuff and and remastering getting it remastered and getting it a proper release. Because I wanna say, if memory serves me right, Young Rebels only had a VHS, maybe a small theatrical, but I think it had a VHS run in France. And that's the only place it ever got seen for fucking decades and i want to say as of 2013 or 2014 within the last five six years at least is when these two movies had come to light Mm -hmm. so we got this awesome fuckery so my next goal is to maybe go check out some more of amir's films and just kind of see where it all came from but other than that that's that's all i've got for this shit man same here yeah and we'll put links in the show notes below so you guys can visit uh greg and the gang at cinema epoch and um you know follow their social media and go check out these two movies we'll put links in the show notes below if you have an amazon prime account go fucking watch that shit and support those fine gentlemen 
God damn it. And rest, yeah, and rest in peace to Amir Shavon. And thank you to Amir for giving us these and the wonderful film Samurai Cop. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. <sighs> Next week. Next week, we've got a uh, music-filled episode to give you guys. Yes. There have been a fuck ton of releases uh, <clears throat> in the EDM genre, uh, most notably in the Monster Cat community, and we're going to be talking about those releases next week. Um, a couple of uh, singles, uh, a couple of EPs, some songs, and some upcoming shit. Just fucking tune in for that. The hype is real. The hype is fucking real. It's going to be epic as fuck. Just saying. You got me going crazy. I'm 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 glad I do. I'm glad I do. About to get in a fight. <laughs> that sequence of events will be fun to talk about, just saying. But uh yeah. So you can follow all those motherfuckers. And if you would like to follow us on social media, we're gonna give you a list of ways to do so. Right here. Right here, right meow. Facebook.com slash supermedia bros. Twitter.com slash supermedia underscore bros. Instagram.com slash supermedia bros podcast. Come look at our stupid pictures, right? Meow. Just push the meow. Also, guys, we are finally on Spotify. Yeah. This has been a long time coming. We're finally on Spotify. We've had a lot of people ask, when are you going to be on Spotify? When are you going to be on Spotify? Well, well guess you, what? Now you can spot us. That's right. Because we spot you. Yeah. Come add us to your playlists. Listen to our shenanigans. That's right. And tell your friends about it. Our stupid fucking voices. Mm. <laughs> That's right. You go to Instagram to look at our stupid pictures, then you come here to listen to our stupid fucking voices. It's just all one big happy collaboration. That's right. And guess what? Mobily, you could listen to us and look at our stupid pictures at the same fucking time. Blown. Mine. <laughs> what? Insert the loud hand cannon explosion. <laughs> yeah, the loud Amir Shavan explosive gun. Right here. Mind blown. Boom. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. So whether you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, our, our, our home base of SoundCloud where we upload everything... Uh, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Player FM, wherever you're listening to us, thank you so much. Um, we just recently crossed the streams. <laughs> Don't cross the streams. No, but we've crossed some streams. Oh, we, God damn it. Yeah. We we made our we, we crossed 3,000 streams not very long ago, and we've literally moved up to around 3,200 just in a few days. And we are enjoying the shit out of watching you guys come listen to us and checking our stuff out. So wherever you're listening to us from, thank you so very much. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, um, I I would very much like to go find something to eat because I'm so hungry. I could, in fact, eat a horse. Well, I'm pretty sure we have one around here somewhere. Um, Should we have a side dish with it? Nay. Okay. So just a horse it is. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go find us a horse. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> that was Young Rebels Killing American Style, called Cinema Showdown 9. For this week's episode, I've been Midnight Agent Raw. And I've been Okami. Until next time, horses on. We're riding off.